0: Hey, hey everybody! Welcome to another episode of
1: Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics.
0: That is Thad, as always, my co-host oh, and my uh, other co-host, Kara. Say hello, Kara.
2: Hi, Jeremiah. I thought I'd change it up for once.
0: Hey, changes good. We're all changing now. <laughs> all right, so. Uh, this month, we're continuing our Antifa propaganda part, uh I guess, project. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: And nothing is more Antifa than critiques of capitalism or least stage capitalism. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. And we've chosen three films that, um, in their own way, do a little bit of critiquing of that. Um, Nine to Five, uh, Two Days, One Night, which is a French film. And so it is uh, technically
1: Du Jour unite. Nuit? I don't know. I haven't taken French in a decade or I know. More.
0: Yeah, and I didn't remember that well when I took it either. Um, <laughs> and also, Support the Girls.
1: Which is a um, hilarious, multi-meaning title.
0: <laughs> Alright, so this time we're going to start out by at least letting you know what the movies are about before we start discussing them. What? No! You're no! radical to the bone.
1: I don't. I don't like all this change. All right. So much has changed already, and I, I'm not really. Uh, I'm not okay with this structure.
0: And we have local, a lot
2: of time uh, together now. Uh local samurai is a care. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I will be succinct. Okay. So
0: what can uh, you tell us about nine to five.
2: Nine to five is one of the greatest movies ever made because it stars everyone that we adore, which is Dolly Parton, uh, Lily Tomlin, and Jane Fonda. They star. Uh, they all work in an office of secretaries. Lily Tomlin is an angry, burnt-out supervisor angling for a better role. Uh, Dolly Parton is the charming secretary who's trying to keep her lucherox boss at arm's length. And Jane Fonda plays the young ingenue new to the work world after her husband has left her for his secretary. Through a confluence of events, they become friends, and through another one, Lily Tomlin accidentally poisons her boss with rat poison, but actually does not. That is an error that she thinks has happened and sets off a confluence of events where they end up imprisoning their boss in a dog collar in his house for several weeks while they try to get enough evidence to show him he's stealing from the company. Slowly implement changes in their office and ultimately when he escapes, he is awarded a promotion for all the changes they have made. He can no longer confess that they have kept him hostage and he is murdered. Well, <laughs> eaten alive by, in the after credits. Um,
0: in
1: a somewhat problematic, but uh, you know what? Uh, couldn't happen to a nicer guy kind of way.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, like, ah, but at the same time. <laughs> uh the ongoing
2: theme of the story is the boss uh steals credits for Lily's ideas spreads rumors that he is sleeping with his secretary who he is not and is demeaning and humiliating to all three of them especially poor jane fonda who given her recent divorce is very sensitive to harassment for men he it's not explicitly there aren't a lot of explicit incidences of racism, but a lot of things that are very strongly implied or situations or scenarios. And the sort of, for me, the best part of the movie is as they begin to implement things in the office. So they begin to allow more flexibility in the office and policies that are friendlier to women and really trying to bring in other kinds of people into the office. There's actually a great scene where when they finally have made all these changes to the office and their boss sees what they've done, it's this beautiful color-coded office, colored office that was used gray and dull, and you see all kinds of people, you see people with disabilities, you see all kinds of different backgrounds and racism, people changing and uh coming in on different hours. And so it's basically a film about how the everyday worker is better and you should listen to the people that you're categorically discriminated against.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not to mention there's a good thirty minutes of the film dedicated to them fantasizing how they would murder him.
2: Yeah. Well yeah. they're high. They are <laughs> high and they're smoking marijuana high as balls, fantasizing about how they would all like to murder their boss. And all of their dreams do come true in sort of more realistic versions. That was the part of the movie I absolutely loved as a child. <laughs> loved. <laughs> uh, and I think this is a lot, but I love this movie as a child. Um, two days, one night. Is the story of Sandra. Sandra works for a very small company doing some sort of highly technical work with, like, solar panels. And she has taken an extended leave of absence due to some sort of unspecified intra- uh, illness, strongly suppressed, ex- strongly suggested to be psychological in nature, like a depressive episode or something like that. And her friend calls her and lets her know that her boss has posed a question to all of the workers Friday. If they fire Sandra, they get a bonus, but if she stays, they get nothing, and they all live in pretty extreme poverty. They manage to convince the boss to hold another vote, the company owner, I'm sorry, the company own- owner to hold another vote because their manager had incited the people against her, and Sandra, still struggling and recovering from her serious illness, faced with the process. The prospect that she may lose her home and, as she says, go on the dole, is not sufficient to cover her, her husband's bills and care for their children must go to every single one of her 16 co-workers and appeal to their better nature to give up the money they desperately need in order for her to keep her job
1: yeah it's pretty intense
2: (laughs) it is it's very interesting because she consistently has the same conversation over and over and over again and as we see the people that she meets we see that some of them are more better off than others some of them are not some of them are working second jobs many of them live in abject poverty Uh, many of them have kids and families that they're trying to take care of Uh, many of them are immigrants uh, she has a, a very painful conversation with an immigrant named Alphonse, who admits to her that he, his, everyone else's bonus will be like a thousand dollars or a thousand euros, which is like what?
1: It's about a thousand dollars. It's
0: about a thousand
2: dollars. a little bit over a thousand. A little over a thousand, which is everything to these people. And he admits to her, he's like, I voted for. Uh, the vote was fourteen to two against her, and so she has to convert. She has to flip to get nine votes. So she has to change seven people's minds and alphonse who's an immigrant tells her that he was afraid to support her not because he cares about the money he'll get because he's only getting 150 euros but because he's afraid that if he didn't the others would drive him out it's over and over again people ask her how can you expect me to give up my bonus for you it'll feed my kids it'll keep the lights on i work a second job you know i'm things like that and she tells them like i didn't decide to have to make the choice between my job or your bonus that wasn't me
0: right when well, even then she even says like he made the way the manager proposes a deal is someone's going to get fired anyway mm.
2: yeah and uh jean marc her manager like sort of seeds that Somebody is going to get fired. It might as well be Sandra. She's already not here. Right. And so it's her desperate journey and her pain as she feels so alone, so isolated, so humiliated, struggles with wondering if she's doing the right thing by asking people to give up their own, having their own needs met for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, It's quite beautiful. There's a beautiful turning point where a friend finally, uh, who was reluctant to help her, finally says that she will. And it's a moment where the character sort of starts to realize um, that she says over and over again, she feels so alone. She feels so isolated. She feels so humiliated. And this woman both tells her, I will. Vote for you to keep your job, but also can you please help me because I am fighting with my husband and I have nowhere to go. And it's a sort of moment that sort of changes Sandra's feelings about what's happening as she realizes that she is not at odds with her coworkers; that if they pull together, they might be able to make this work.
1: And I mean, it also comes after her, her complete lowest point. Yeah.
0: Yes, when she swallows the entire prescription of Xanax.
1: Yeah. And also the thing that makes this movie the most alien to the American experience, where they go to the hospital, like, she's taken care of, and then she leaves. <laughs> Which was very strange to witness.
2: <laughs> yeah, th- th- there are a couple things that were a bit um, alien to me as an American, to I'd be like, oh, she'd be involuntarily institutionalized in this country. Like... <laughs>
0: They're like, oh, um, okay, you're better now, yeah? Yeah, okay.
2: But almost everyone that she talks to is, is sympathetic, and there are very emotional moments of people who refuse to speak to her, who dismiss her. Uh, one man grabs her hand and, like, openly weeps at how ashamed he is that he chose money over her. It's, it's, very, it's a very moving, very emotionally intense film, but it is worth watching.
0: Hmm. And then the last one, Support
2: the Girls. Uh, support the Girls is about, mm, we we're going to say a woman named Lisa, who works at what is an independent sports bra. That's essentially sort of a version of Hooters. Um, a family throughout restaurant. The, a, family yes, restaurant. It's a,
1: it's a It's a family restaurant. <laughs>
2: Um and she's juggling
1: show.
2: She's <laughs> juggling several things. She's juggling the fact that the actual restaurant owner is an a uh, belligerent, obnoxious idiot, that her customers are questionable, that her staff are sweet, but sometimes non compliant, or sometimes actively seem to be working against her, that she is trying to help everyone. She is on the verge of divorce and complete and utter burnout, and there's also a guy stuck in the ceiling. <laughs>
1: And also, um, at the, yeah. The, also, uh, we find out that like the previous evening, one of her employees had run over her boyfriend. Uh, the is... employees run over her own boyfriend. The employee's boyfriend uh, because as the a...
2: boyfriend is an abuser.
1: Yeah, and uh, so she's also hiding that employee at her home and trying to find like a way to pay for legal fees that will certainly happen for her.
2: And she. Essentially, her goal is she views herself. She's an older woman, um, probably 40. She talks about her children being grown at one point and in college. So, you know, at least 35, probably. <clears throat> That's the <this> world. Um, <laughs> it, it is what it is. And it's it's very much about the sort of shoestringing, abuse-dealing frustration of this job that sucks everything you have out of you, everything out of your mind that you have to just keep moving forward or you'll die. And just sort of as things begin to stop. Um, It's a great performance. It's very moving. If you've ever sort of gotten to a point in the, if you've ever worked in the food industry or the restaurant industry, it'll be something that's very, very real to you. I
1: imagine you and Jeremiah will have plenty to go back and forth about in that particular sphere.
2: I yeah I was Jeremiah. You worked for Burger King for several years, right? Did we lose
1: Jeremiah? Uh oh. Sorry. Oh, Oh, Jeremiah.
0: Sorry.
2: Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah, you worked for Burger King for several years, right? Yes. Were you a manager?
0: I was never a manager at Burger King. Um, I was told by one of the managers I would be a good manager. But mm-hmm. one of the uh, customers came in the next day after I closed, and said one of your managers told me to fuck off. <laughs> they believed the customer, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Here, "You'd be right too." That was <laughs> like, wasn't that then? And I was, I was much younger. Um, I was a assistant manager, so sorts at target, mm-hmm. and I was not a good assistant manager. <laughs> I work very
1: hard to never be a manager of anything.
0: Yeah, I'm a team leader right now at Mm -hmm. ArcLine, which is kind of... It's not a management position. It's kind of an assistant I don't know how to describe it. I'm in charge of the projection upstairs. At the same time, everyone upstairs is to the point where they should be able to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, we help each other at the same... Like, Yeah, it's hard to describe, but... I do understand the value of the difference of a good manager and a bad manager. Mm. And the I, uh, night and day effect that has on a crew. <laughs> yeah,
2: definitely. Um, and I, I've i been a, a shift manager. I tried to be a good shift manager. Um, and for the Pizza I worked at, I very much deeply loved and cared about my actual manager who juggled a lot of plates to try and keep... To sort of protect us from corporate while at the same time protecting herself from corporate while at the same time making sure that she got her bonuses. And to be a good crew member and the kind of person that I am, it means it, it just scrapes you inside out because everyone is poor. Um, the, so in the film, uh, there are lists of rules that the girls have to follow and the, the, of the D rules or something. And the first is no drama. And at one point, Lisa yelled (laughs) at her at the restaurant owner. She's like, these are a bunch of 19 and 20 something year old young women. What do you mean there shouldn't be any drama? And she recognized that so many of them need help and need someone to take care of them. And it it breaks her heart that she can't need that. And that, that was one of the things that was ongoing and endemic was the poverty And the desperation and the need for help and the need to sort of, you know, work on people and try to exploit their guilt to have them come in for shifts when someone else called out or was beat up by their boyfriend. Right. (laughs) Well, not
0: only that, but, like, the notion of they're young enough to wear the whole idea of no drama Mm. is absurd. Um, Oh, the
2: other thing – I'm so sorry. The other thing I have to bring up that's very important is Lisa is black. So this does follow the story of a black woman, one of her waitresses, who is also black, and then a couple of other waitresses that come and go. And one thing that comes up several times, and it's not called out in specific detail, is the rainbow, like the rainbow policy or something like that. And it's essentially the only one black waitress is allowed to work at a time on the floor.
1: Because, you know, you don't want to drive anybody away with too much, oh... Oh, no.
0: (laughs) Right, well, (laughs) not only that, but, like, even then, it shows, like, the strain on her own marriage. That she feels Mm. like her husband seems to be going through his own issues, and he's not there for her.
1: And it's not clear what those are, but it's also, even in just the little that we're given, it's very clear that it is complicated. Yeah. And ongoing.
0: And even then, one of the girls she's helping out. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm isn't making the right decisions and she can't really do anything. Yeah.
2: Yep. The so her inter we don't see her with her husband. She asks him to come pick him up after her boss after she jumps out of her boss's car uh, he picks her up, they go and look at an apartment that he may be moving into, and they're sort of, she's trying to keep things moving, trying to keep a good mood, that he's going to be living in the apartment without her. They talk about their kids and share like a very sweet smile, About they're clearly proud of their children, and then they argue, and one of the things she tells him is she's like, when I leave for work and I come home, I just know you're going to be staying in front of that damn computer all day. And just this... She's like, I just need you to work on it. I need you to do something. And it's obvious that he can't or won't. It feels like he
0: can't. Yeah. and it that's feels like something... he's suffering some kind of depressive episode. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And what's – I've been in that position before with, uh, at the time, a partner who is kind of stuck and driftless. And when you are so desperately running around trying to hold it together, anything that stops you from moving is going to drown you. And the sort of rage you feel at the people in your life. Like, I am doing five billion things at once. You need to handle your own shit or get out. Mm. I I have no other energy left to give. You get as much as you get from me. And it is quite a lot, but I cannot do it for you. And I'm no longer willing to try.
1: I also think one of the things that's interesting, like, in comparing the three movies, is that they all come to what we could understand to be, like, positive endings I, I don't necessarily want to say happy endings but but right. like uh, a kind of of positive equilibrium or at least a positive suggestion occurs but the only one that actually has like what one would consider a like you know capital h capital e happy ending is nine to five and the others are like our our characters go through and like triumph in small ways but still have a lot in front of them like nothing is solved at the end of support the girls or two days one night and uh, i think that's I, I feel like that's one of those things that's sort of much more uh, like a, an important change in how this kind of movie functions it, well or, or movies about this topic i mean like and there's... granted also like nine to five is a straight comedy right. uh, but still
2: well it's for, for those other two and the reason they thought so real is it's like the 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 moment of suffering that they were in mm. of having sort of a terrible job. Yeah, they're or on the other dry, side of
1: something. Some,
2: they're on the other side of something, and they can breathe for a moment, breathe, and then take the next step to move forward. Like they no longer yeah. feel they no longer feel trapped. Like at the end of the films, they are no longer yeah. completely trapped in the way they thought. They're still trapped by poverty and circumstance and these other things, but they're no longer trapped by their minds.
0: Yeah. The, uh, one of the differences we have with the three films versus the last three is there's more of a gap between them in mm. terms of uh, not only that, but the era in which they're made. Once the studio system went away, mm. the rules went away. So what you have are three films that are allowed to be three different films. One of them isn't even American, so it's uh, it has its yeah. own sense of freedom that the other two don't. Mm-hmm. Because uh, two, two Days, One Night doesn't feel like it's following any kind of structure so much as following that character. Yeah. Yes. Because as Kara mentioned, it's the same scene almost over and over with yeah. different variations. And it's the same conversation over and over. Even when she's not talking to her fellow employees with her husband, it's the same conversation over and over. Yeah. It's the sort of like the day-to-day push of just getting through the day. mm Uh, Yeah,
1: a a very intense kind of, like, realism.
0: Right. Well, in a way, it's kind of like this month's version of Hangman Also Die and the fact that it's Mm. not letting you feel comfortable. Yeah. It's constantly making you aware of this is the point of the movie. Mm. It's constantly... It may not be as stylistic or as clear-cut, but... it's also very much a fun about his propaganda. Quote yeah. It's I the, mean, if we're, the, if
1: we're broadly defining, no, if we're, I mean, yeah, if we're broadly defining propaganda as like art towards a particular political end, like intentionally, right. then yeah, absolutely.
0: This one is calling out, that one is calling out the sort of moral torpitude of capitalism and the fact that like, this is the decision you make subconsciously yeah. every time you quit or apply for a job. Mm. this is the decision that is made for you sometimes at your jobs um, yeah
2: the the one thing though that threads through all the movies and even in nine to five the relationship between the three main characters is most important but you see them interact with other people their um their partners their coworkers, and things like that and you see that in the other movies as well that What gets you by is the sort of love and support you get from other people, whether it's your partner, like your husband or your girlfriend, or whether it's your coworkers. Um, Lisa in Support the Girls really wants to help her waitresses. She really views them as her friends and as her family to some extent. And later on, we realized that they view her the same way, that they will get through this together. And so it has this sort of – all of them have this – I think that's the part that's not completely hopeless – is it says there are people who love you and will try to help you.
0: Mm. Well, and even then, at the end of Support the Girls, when they're getting new jobs at the now butt version of Hooters, (laughs) they, uh, they meet together at the top of this roof, and one of them was like, we were never friends. We worked together, but we weren't family. That's a different thing altogether. And so much of american films is your family is your second family are the people you work with mm. mm-hmm. and this one is like yeah but you're a boss yeah and it's one of the few movies to make a clear delineation and her realizing that yeah she wants to help these girls but there's only so much she can do because as much as she wants to be the mother she's not yeah yep.
1: uh, and it's it's like such a great Subversion of that because, like the the character um, Macy, like is secretly dating a a a much older customer, and in a normal movie that would be resolved. Like she would she would be punished for transgressing the rules or like whatever. Like some like narrative thing would happen there, but instead what happens is that. Like Lisa finds out that's been happening for a while, and everyone knows about it, and Macy seems pretty self-aware about it, and that's about that's it. It's just a, so that's why didn't you tell work. me?
0: I didn't want to tell you. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> <That's... laughs> I knew and, how you it... felt about it, and I didn't want to argue.
2: Yeah, hmm. and Lisa's kind of shocked and hurt, but it's also a moment where they grow. And then they all uh, drink liquor that they stole from their old restaurant and loudly scream, which is a great. <laughs> Which is one that of my favorite endings of the three. Oh, yeah, oh, that absolutely. Is, that is something that I absolutely have done. <laughs>
0: but of the three, 9 to 5 is probably the most slick and mm-hmm. produced. And even though yep. it's pretty obvious what it's doing, it's the mm. one that I think probably would go down easiest.
1: I'm not actually sure I agree okay. in some ways. Because, oh. uh, I mean, I, I do agree that it is slick in a... In a uh, A bit of a throwback way, but one of the things that Kara and I, because I mean, we both, I think everyone here had seen this movie more than once before now, right? Yes, I assume. I
2: loved this movie as a child. Yeah, that's what I thought.
1: As one of the things, like watching it now, is how much it drags at a certain point.
0: It does drag a little,
1: and I I was surprised by that. Like I, like these other two, like there was a lot of emotional intensity, but I I didn't feel like either of them dragged. And I, I, I don't know, I was just like, wow, this. I feel like this movie is longer, and I'm not having a bad time, but like there's this weird pacing change. Maybe just between like what a late 70s, early 80s movie is versus what movies are now. But like,
0: I think that is a bit of the time. Yeah, and it's the fact that one of them is attempting to be a Hollywood movie, even though yeah, yeah, because yeah. Nine to true. Five is a weird movie because Lily Tomlin is kind of like Whoopi Goldberg, and the fact that Hollywood's never really been able to figure out what to do with it.
1: Which the which is ridiculous, because you can do anything with Lily Tomlin. She's right. amazing. Her,
2: her, like, cartoon expressive eyes. Right. <laughs> the fact like, that, everything uh, above the cheekbones moves independently. Right. The thing uh, is,
0: she's, much like Whoopi Goldberg, doesn't have the... T- she doesn't look like the type of Hollywood star. Yeah she,
1: yeah, she doesn't look like a star is supposed to look.
0: Right. Even though she's very talented, the men can get away with that, but...
1: Yeah. A woman, uh, especially during mm. that time,
0: 70s and 80s, she would need to be sexy to some degree.
1: And yeah. even though
0: yeah. they are, they are also, with Whoopi Goldberg, she's sort of an androgynous style, whereas Lily Tomlin is feminine, but she's never really used that. Not only that, but her and Goldberg's comedy comes from creating characters. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, li- Lily Tomlin looks like somebody that you know and fear right. at your job. <laughs> Like, that's her whole, and, like, again, like, she's, she has this, like, like beautiful cheekbones and this sort of, like, very interesting-looking face, but she doesn't lean into being, like, so weirdly interesting that she comes out the other side as beautiful, but she's not, like, ugly in the ways that are allowed for women to be ugly in order for them to circle back around to being charming. She's
1: just, she's just extremely distinctly Lily Tomlin. Right, well,
0: also, unlike the other three, it's probably the most sort of, like, it's a comedy, but it's also very mm. surreal. Mm. Yeah. Fantastical, and then that bit of the whole bit in the hospital becomes a farce.
1: Yeah, straight farce.
2: <laughs> I hate I hated that part as a kid. So there's a part where they think their boss is dead and they a right. corpse from the hospital and have to return it. It it doesn't feature in really to the rest of the plot. It gives like they're them talking about it sets off the next, next thing that happens, but it's a huge waste of time. It has some great comedic bits in it, but I hated that part as a kid.
1: It's so self-indulgent. <laughs> it really I is. It.
0: And honestly, I forgive it only because it has one of my favorite moments of they ask how Lily Tomlin's character is doing. And Dolly Parton just looks out the window and she's wheeling a corpse out the front door. It's like, oh, she's lost her mind.
1: <laughs> no also also lily tomlin's delivery when like the she's stolen a doctor's coat and like a candy striper <laughs> is talking to her and then the, the conversation ends with like why am i talking with you i'm a doctor
2: <laughs> no th- there are some moments that really need to be gift and the great one is when uh dolly parton's looking oh. in the trunk for like a tire iron and she realizes that the corpse is not their boss and she <laughs> just very gracefully steps up into the car and says Honey, could you come here and look at this? <laughs> and they call him, and they're like, "Oh my god, that's not our boss!" And she's like, "Uh huh." <laughs> and then she steps out, and then and then calls Lily Tom's character. Could you come here and look at this? <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's just like this very sort of like uh... the last sane woman
0: energy. But well, it also has. That, but I also oh, love that yeah. Dolly Parton's fate is Dolly Parton.
1: Yeah, yeah, she becomes Dolly Parton at the end. Like it's, it's okay. Yeah, I buy that. Again,
2: as a child, I could not understand that that was a, a a joke, and I thought this was like maybe a movie about when she used to have a job. I mean, I watched this when I was like four.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, nine
0: to five. Dabney Coleman is one of those character actors that played a type. Yeah. Yeah. Strike was the type of guy from 9 to 5. He played mm. the jackass, the bigoted a-hole, the misogynistic creep, or yeah. just the weasel. Sometimes he played the hero like in that one movie whose name I forget Well, he plays <laughs> um, Cloak and Dagger, but that's mm. a really obscure 80s movie. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's a movie that understands the people who it has and just play and lets them play that part really well. Hmm. Because Dolly but, Parton plays a Dolly Parton character. Jane Fonda plays a against type in the fact that she plays sort of like a nebbish woman.
1: Yeah, but she, mm-hmm. she plays someone who becomes a Jane Fonda
0: character. Right. And Lily Tomlin doing what Lily Tomlin does best, which is the Lily Tomlin type character. <laughs> Sharp. Right. The one who knows what's going on while everyone else doesn't. The only yeah. difference is here is it's a little bit more realistic in the fact that she can't do anything because there's a jackass as a boss.
1: Yeah, honestly, there's a lot of this that, like, had me thinking about how I it has been too long already since I've watched Sorry to Bother You. Because, like, <laughs> Sorry to Bother You is, like, you know, it, it, it has those same surreal moments, but with no barrier between, like, dream and reality.
0: <laughs> well, what's interesting with 9 to 5 is the progressive agenda it proposes works. Mm. And the yeah. only yeah. reason... Dabney Coleman's character refuses to do anything is because, and that's honestly how it is now.
1: (laughs) Just because. He
0: has no real reason not to. And even then, once he sees it's working, it still doesn't matter to him.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I think that he hates that it works because he hates the people that it works for. He hates that it works for like the hispanic woman who only wanted uh to work half a shift because of her kids he hates that these things are better for these people mm. and he doesn't think it should be even though he doesn't follow these rules himself he thinks Why? that they should have to do these things because it what's it's what he wants he doesn't actually care whether or not it gets results mm. but ultimately he's such like, he could be like, I didn't do any of these changes. Like, these women did these changes themselves and kept me prisoner in a dog collar. Like, he could say that, but he's such a weasel that he can't do that. And but... once he, and, like, that's ultimately, uh, it's one of those movies where um, his downfall is the fact that he's doing other things that suck. <laughs> which, which is always a nice lesson, but um, honestly, it, it's not always true. Like, the misogynistic, bigoted boss isn't necessarily stealing from the company. Yeah, right. he might just be cruel to you. Um, I I did want to add all these. I think I said this before. All these movies very much go into, to varying degrees, things about race and discrimination and child care. All all of that comes up. But the one good thing is that um, in in nine to five, uh, Doralee's the boss is explicitly gross to her, like. Shoves, right. like, looks down her dress. At one point, he grabs her. Dorley being
1: Dolly Parton's character.
2: Dolly Parton's sorry.
0: And she even implies it, that he's chased her around the room.
2: Yeah. yeah. And that she just keeps, you know, brushing him off and brushing him off. And I turn to Thess. I'm like, I have never had this experience at work from my boss. Thank God. Like, I, I work at a big company right now. I have never had anything like this happen to me, which I'm immensely grateful for. But this conversation of plausible deniability of sexual harassment this is a conversation i have had so many times i've had it face to face i've had it with co-workers i've had it in my inbox on my phone i've had it a million different ways
1: yeah because you know you're not allowed to comfortably be a woman in the world well, yeah.
0: so, so
2: it's, it's one thing that i've i'm so glad that i've never had to deal with vast sexual harassment from my boss and i'm Grateful that it seems like the world has changed in regards to that, even if this is kind of a comedy. But I am resentful that it's something that has to be dealt with.
0: That nine to five deals with that the other two don't really, Mm. which is the Mm -hmm. harassment. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the. the... Has a little bit of it in terms of how the guests, how the uh, customers treat them. Yeah. But as far as management sexually harassing them, nine to five is the only one that really deals with that because the other two are interested in a different facet of capitalism yeah and also like nine
1: yeah nine to five's framing of the manager is a different kind of fear
0: right
1: (laughs) and uh yeah i don't know that's yeah that that is one of those things that's interesting because um like each of these is is looking at uh management in a different way also um oh sorry go ahead
0: no oh, yeah, no, the only good manager is Support the Girls.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean even then like uh, as uh, like we were talking about earlier like the the sort of reveal of um cuz like in terms of what what kind what uh, what kind of a manager Lisa is it's Lisa, right? In Support yeah. the Girls. Yeah. yeah. Uh she's more equivalent I would say to Lily Tomlin's character because yeah. Lily Tomlin is a supervisor. It's just that she uh is uh, like she's someone who is too useful to like Get rid of in a way, but uh, is also extremely unhappy. But also doesn't hate the people that she works with. Like it's it's this like very complex sort of structure, as opposed to in uh, two days one night where it's it's much more just like we we only get sort of brief glimpses of management, which is I think a, a, like I I also really like that as a choice in that all we what we really see of the management in two days one night are the results of what they chose to do,
0: right. But outside of it, when they want to, get, want to take a vote and the manager wants to be there and they're like, It's a secret ballot. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I wanna be here and he's like, No, well she's here. She's the one with the... Okay, fine, you can both leave.
1: Yeah. And it's it's just a, it's a very telling moment.
0: <laughs> well not only about like when he, he denies the denial without mm. actually saying it didn't happen like he was yeah, in another yeah because his
1: denial was like well who told you that nice. <laughs> so, so, so for nope. context
0: for the listener sorry uh
2: sandra our main character we've been following finally confronts her supervisor jean-marc and says to him and says like multiple people have told me that you're saying other people would get fired and they should vote against me like you said that to people And he's like who told you that and she says some people and he like continually presses her to demand who and I was really hoping that when he asked her that, her response would be God. Who <laughs> told you that? Jesus Christ Himself.
0: Well, yeah. Uh, I'll probably uh, out of the three, like two days, one night. I think explores like the moral component of the system yeah. more than the other. Well, two days...
2: And the way it falsely pits because one of the conversations she has over and over again is they tell her, like, we need our bonus, and she's like, I'm not the one that decided that your bonus was contingent upon whether or not I had a job. I'm not to blame for this. Right. And she never castigates them. She never yells at them. She never humiliates them. She never demands to know how she'll feed her children. She just appeals to them and then leaves, which she's a nicer person than I am, so. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah. And even at the end, when she finds out they're going to fire the the, yeah, Alphonse. Yeah, Alphonse, the guy who's like, look, I'm already on thin ice. And it's like, you're going to fire him? No, I'm going to lay him off. It's different. No, it's not.
1: Yeah, like she's given the she's given that like devil's bargain there at the end and rejects it.
0: Yeah, she walks off and she's happy with herself because she fought for it and then realized they were still going to try to fire someone. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that to someone else. I know what that's like. Yeah. Well,
2: especially because Alphonse put, he puts himself on the line. He's like, "I'm afraid if I vote for you that it will hurt me. I know that God tells me this is the best thing to do, but if I lose this he's an immigrant." Right. He's like, "I'm on a I'm not hired. I'm a temp I'm a contract worker. And if I lose this contract, I don't know what's going to happen to me." Right. Like in like it, it's not explicitly stated, but like we all know that like if an immigrant doesn't have a job, they go back to wherever they came from.
0: Right, they get or,
2: deployed. Usually, At, or yeah, worst. a reason that they left. <laughs> and he um, also um, has a and his, child, and so she decides she's like, I'll, It's sort of like a moment where, like, Alphonse took the big jump for me. He risked this, and I will not stab a fellow worker in the back.
0: Mm. And we meet so many different of the workers who either go, "No, screw you." Mm. People like Alphonse, are like, "I know this is the right thing to do. I just can't do it." Cause it was that one other guy.
1: Yeah, like, more, who like broke down and was like, "Thank you so much for for getting this to happen." I've, I've felt sh- ashamed this entire time. Of course, I'll support you. I can't believe I didn't like well, just this.
0: That guy at the like, soccer field, yeah. But there's yeah. another guy she meets at night who's like, I "Oh should, yeah, yeah." I should have helped you. I just didn't, and closes the door. Yeah. Well,
2: there's one that says, "I." He says, "I will not vote for you because I need the money." But God, I hope you keep your job.
0: Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It,
2: it, the, the more po- it's like the more poor and desperate the person is, the more ashamed they are of what they're doing. But it's the ones that are like, I have like one lady's like, look, I need, I just got divorced. I'm moving with my boyfriend. I really need a new couch. And she just like smiles, like she's just smiling, and then closes the door and walks away. Well, we're still that friends, she's... right? <laughs> yeah, and it's like you're you're a witch, and then you have this other guy who's working under the table at a job at a supermarket down the street. And he's like, this will keep my lights on. Like, I work two jobs, friend. Like, what am I supposed to do? And it's like the difference between those two people.
0: And mm-hmm. then you have the father-son in which the son gets violent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Against the father, too.
1: Yeah, like that was, that was intense.
0: <laughs> but yeah, like it's very much because you are taking food off the table.
1: Or at least it seems that way.
0: Or, or it feels that way, or it appears to be. Mm. And the it, other two. It's
1: been set up to appear that way. <laughs> right.
0: The other two films have a more sort of like overarching critique mm. of like this needs to change, this needs to change. Whereas the Darden brothers, who did Two Days, One Night, they are very much going at the ethical issue of yeah. the system. Well, and like sorry. just
1: the, the intersection of all of these like complete lives like even the people who are, are who only get like little moments with who are kind of shitty you still like get a feel for as people like that that sort of desperation that a lot of those people have does not like come off as for for them for most of them like some of them like the 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 dude who punches his dad and and like runs off like we, we don't really see a, a, we, we don't really get a he doesn't explain himself. He's right. just like no, f- my money. Screw you. <laughs> but then, like you, you have other people, like the the woman who ends up, uh, like hel- you know, changing her mind and helping her, and then needing to stay with uh, with Sandra and her husband because
0: uh, she leaves. Uh, yeah, she's she, leaving. Her yeah, she, li- she literally
1: leaves her husband, who is just being a complete. Like bastard.
0: Well, not only and, that, but as for me, it, it was implied that he might be abusive or has the potential to be abusive. Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely.
1: Yeah. That was that was very much the vibe of that. Because like, <laughs> it, even it just like the way that she like when we first meet that character, she's very like timid and like, well, I have to ask my my husband said no, but I can talk to him again. And like, just like the the but the, the the between the lines of just that scene before we know how it's going to play out are like this woman is afraid of her husband, but is trying to do the right thing.
0: Right,
1: because because like all they're doing is remodeling their already nice looking house. Yeah. Like for, in comparison to a lot of the other places that we've seen, and it's just like the, the I'm sorry, I, I keep the, yep. but it's just like the layers of that, like the way that these characters are portrayed or, and introduced, just tell you so much.
2: Oh, a lot of them tell Sandra what they're going to use the money for. I'm sending my kid to school. We're using it to pay the bills. I need it, and like they say, I need it in, like ways that clearly indicate like homelessness or other. uh needs met but it's specifically like my husband wants it to build a patio and she can it's like this moment where she hears herself saying this to a <laughs> woman who's gonna lose everything and she hates her she's like it's gross she feels bad about saying it she knows it's wrong and then later on she uh so our main character Sandra has a horrifyingly low moment she's been taking xanax throughout this film uh full disclosure i have been on xanax before for panic attacks Two Xanax is enough to sort of send me, like, probably, like, half a bottle in. <laughs> like, two, two, two Xanax, I forget to talk. Like, two Xanax in rapid order, I just sit and feel real good about whatever it is that is happening, and I no longer experience time. She's taking, we see her take, like, four or five in a day, and then she takes a whole pack in a suicide attempt, and then that's when this woman comes. This woman has a nice house. Uh, an abusive husband, but she has, she has, fi- she's financially comfortable and mm. she has given all of that up. And she comes in and says, Sandra, I will support your bid for money. I'm leaving my boy, your bid for your job. I'm leaving my husband because he sucks. Can I stay here for the night? I have nowhere else to go. And she has chosen Sandra and the right thing over this, you know, dangerous stability. And it's the moment where Sandra realizes, I don't need to kill myself. I'm not alone.
0: Right. And she, yeah. in the way she even announced it, it's like, I've taken the entire bottle of Xanax.
1: I, I took an entire pack of Xanax.
0: <laughs> and the husband's like, oh, no.
1: Oh, we gotta go.
0: <laughs> and then, the, the sort of,
2: throughout the film, she doesn't eat Really? um, And she avoids eating and she drinks a ton of water. And then she gets her, it's presumed she's getting her stomach pump, She's in the hospital and she asks for food. And then her husband comes and is like, are you okay? And they bring him the train. She's like, I want to eat. I want to eat. And then we get out of here and I'm going to go to the other two people that I work with to try and get my job back. Hmm. And she has this sort of energy back in her that's um, very heartening to see.
0: Yeah. And on top of that, like these three movies look at different levels. Of how mm-hmm. the system affects people because you have two days, one night, that's basically a factory job. Yeah. yeah. But Support the Girls, Andrew Bajowski's movie, that's the service industry. That's like almost considered below a factory job because it's not, yeah. a, you don't need to learn a trade. Not it's
1: a, it's not a real job. Yeah,
0: it's not an essential job. And then yeah. with Night of Five, these are office jobs. Well,
2: uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't an
0: essential job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. And then with nine to five, these are the secretaries. These are all three movies looking at jobs that are often looked down upon. Yeah. Or dismissed as you don't need. Like these and are I mean, these if, are transition jobs almost. If I jobs if I continue you in between what you want to do.
1: Yeah, and to continue to uh, to uh, put forward connections to uh, sorry to bother you, which is of course telemarketing, Exi- <laughs> like also very much a, a a sphere that is not respected. Like this is. Supposed to be a, a temporary job, and if it's your and if it's your full time job, you are seen as subhuman
0: well, one of the things Support the girls does I think that I really mm. enjoyed was looking at also how the guests treat the waitresses,
1: yeah,
2: because, because the yeah. only good person is
0: Bobo, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and even Bobo is a little out there
0: uh, Le- Leia de from uh, Orange is a new black,
1: yeah. She uh, she plays uh, an incredibly fun and clearly regular customer uh, butch lesbian Bobo,
0: <laughs> but also treats the girls with more respect than even the owner.
1: Yeah, like oh, yeah. She, she gives off a little bit of a like maybe you should turn it down a couple notches vibe, but like in a, but in just such a good natured way,
0: like <laughs> like clearly she's hanging out there for a reason, but clearly she's also not. Awful or predatory yeah. in any way. Sure. Like, the
1: only person who seems to really dislike Bobo is the actual store owner, who, right. like, it, it's implied, like, he had the foosball table removed because, like, Bobo loved it.
0: <laughs> right. It's clear that the owner is a, is a jerk.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah, those, those, like, relationships with customers, like, the, the ones who wander in, and the fact that, like, we get to see. Lisa like drawing this like she she clearly has this very hard line about like disrespect in uh, to the girls mm-hmm. right. and like we see the these sorts of moments of like the manager talking to customers uh, in uh, a very threatening seeming customer and it's just like I don't know it's it's something that like I feel like a lot of people have seen happen in the background like while they're somewhere before and like seeing the person who has to do that uh, and does it because they they you know, want to protect the people that they work with is, I don't know, it's it's something very real about that.
2: I've had a few of those
0: conversations. (laughs) It's also, like, of the three movies, 9to5 is the only one that even has a woman voice in the authorship of the movie. It's co-written by a woman.
1: Yeah, I was really surprised that Support the Girls was written by a guy. Although, uh, as I understand it, uh, like, uh, Andrew Bajowski, like, Yeah, does that does that sort of like
0: Cassidy there's a lot type of thing where he less allows improv and
1: yeah, there's a lot of improvisation and and things like that, which uh, makes it less surprising to me. I think like, not not yeah. to say that like I can't see a man writing this, but like the voices, I don't know the uh, that that sort of improvisational edge to it definitely makes it a little less surprising because otherwise I would have assumed a woman wrote this.
0: Well, what's really interesting <laughs> is all three movies. I didn't mean to do this, but all three movies, uh, the writer is the director.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that is, that's true. Huh. Uh
0: 9 to 5, the other co-writer is Colin Higgins, the guy who directed it.
1: Mm. Yeah. So it's it, yeah, it's, it's at least sort of writer directed, like right. one of the writers. Yeah, yeah. That is interesting. I mean, in a way like that that does make a certain kind of sense though, I think, cuz like if you're going to put a put forward a uh, a movie about how bosses can like suck it <laughs> then I feel like the boss needing to be on board
0: is sort of part of the thing. Just to make sure it doesn't go too <laughs>
1: Like, a, I mean, a, you gotta get a boss who's worked for a living. Like, that's what you gotta do. <laughs> uh.
0: Okay, so Colin Higgins, by the way, wrote Hailed and Maud. Oh, really?
1: That is cool. Yeah, I, uh... I don't know. A lot of these are like uh, it's, that's one of the things, like, uh, that normally I'll, I'll go sort of diving in uh, people's uh, filmographies as part of prep work, but then it's like I I don't watch enough Belgian movies to uh, know anything that. Uh,
0: the Dardan brothers, brothers are the brothers. different version of the um, Duplass brothers. Oh, okay. Um, the only difference being uh, the Dardan brothers, um, as you saw in Two Days, One Night, are more aware hmm. of house, uh, gender, sexuality, and race play into things. Mm, mm. Mm. Um, they also tend to be a type of... They're much more uh, what I would call ethical or moralistic filmmakers in the sense that they are concerned about the ethics and the moralist, moralism or whatever particular story they're telling. Mm. Like the ethics uh, in the story is what fascinates them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way Which that is, most
0: American I- filmmakers seem not to care about.
1: Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. Uh but I also wouldn't have been sure. It like the cuz the the focus on character is so tied to that right. in this mo- in Phase one night that I like I'm I'm super I, I really w- I'm going to have to dig up some other stuff that they've done because I'm I'm curious as to to other ways that that plays out cuz it this is also like uh, at least this particular movie is also just a very strong character piece.
0: Oh, absolutely. It uh it was a uh one of the award contenders.
1: Yeah, so yeah, she was. Yeah, she was nominated for Best Actress uh, and won other awards. Uh, I know uh, Marion Cotard. I don't remember if we actually she said was also an was <laughs> That's true, <laughs> <laughs> because Christopher Nolan uh, has his flaws, but recognizing talent and trying to get them to keep coming back is not one of them.
0: <laughs> Ken Wanatabe! Woo.
1: Um, yeah.
0: All right, so, of the three uh, movies, which one did you like the best?
1: God, i Nine oh, to
2: five. Why,
0: why Nine must you five? ask?
2: Yeah, well so for like it's it's one that I'm gonna go back and watch again and as a general rule it's very wacky, it's very joyful. Um it's 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 a lot of fun and it's not and everything ends with them all getting exactly what they want, mm. which the others don't. So the others are more realistic, but that's if I'm gonna watch a movie and I wanna cry, I go to steal magnolias, you know? Right. Mm. And if I want to feel endlessly angry about the injustices of the working world, I'm going to see office space.
0: <laughs> Still relevant no matter what job I have.
1: I. Oh my I'm, god. I'm going to go with... Um, I think I'm going to go with two days, one night.
0: Okay. Actually,
1: because... Um, i i don't know just like that that intense focus because like even though like there's there's that to a degree in support the girls like it's overall lisa's story but like the intense focus on sandra uh, and like the ways that this intersects with other people just like that uh just really resonated strongly with me uh uh, and i mean like it's it's hard to choose though like i'm still i'm questioning it even now while i'm saying it but um I uh, I think well, yeah I think I'm go I with think two days. this
0: pack is a little bit more even than the last pack we did.
1: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, because these are all very like these are all movies that I would watch again. Maybe not immediately because, like as as Kara was saying, like the other like both support the girls and, and two days one night are very heavy.
0: Right. Uh, but there's like, yeah. one of these but they're all
2: trying. Like- they're all okay. trying to do different things and yeah. tell different kinds of stories, and they all stand very, very strongly on their own two feet for what they're trying to do yeah. in ways that the others didn't necessarily do, and one of them was so much more technically Outstanding.
0: Yeah,
1: and I mean, like two days, one night is the kind of movie that I watch, and I'm like, this reminds me of why we try to have film award shows. Yeah, (laughs) like we, this is like they fail almost all the time. But like this movie, I was just like, fuck. (laughs) Oh wow, and like I and I still love the other two. Like ah, I I.
0: Well, I do agree with Kay. Like these are all technically on the same level. Like yeah, there's yeah, some, yeah. there's some pacing issues with Nine to Five, but I think that's just because of the that's time. Yeah,
1: that's a, that's an artifact of era more than anything else.
0: Right? Because we all because the other two movies are closer to like like 2018 and 20 what 16?
1: Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 2018 and 2014. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, just uh, uh two days, one night, but only barely. Is the one that I, I thought was uh, my favorite.
0: I tend to go with Support the Girls because I love Regina Hall.
1: Yeah, and, she's real good. God, she carried it. Like, not to say other people go in that 9 movie. God, she carried it.
0: Nine to five Sorry, is a ahead. rarity even by today's standards. Oh, yeah. Like, we don't have a movie in which just three, because none of these ladies are superheroes. Mm mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of okay. Do you guys remember that movie that Scarlett Johansson did called Rough Night? Um, I do not. Okay, it was a comedy she did about a bachelorette party that went out of control, and it was written. Oh by yeah, the the girls who did Broad City were behind it.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I at least remember its existence. I did not see it though.
0: Say, so, so ask someone, ask Scarlett Johansson why she wanted to do this movie because I didn't have superpowers. I was just playing a normal person.
1: Yeah, I mean
0: And nine uh, to five in the modern landscape in which you kinda need to have some kind of hook for why you're talking about a woman. It's cool. just three women in the workplace.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, you know, one of them though is Dolly Parton. Look, yeah. Look, and being look- Dolly
1: Parton is sometimes you're Dolly Parton. It's just how <laughs> things <laughs> Yeah,
2: you know, sometimes you just wake up and you're like, Well it looks like I bought these. <laughs> Hey, she's unapologetic about it. Like, It's also funny because um, I think she's wearing a wig in that movie because if she's not, I'm surprised her hair hasn't fallen out.
1: <laughs> well, how do you know she's not wearing a wig now?
2: Oh, she's definitely wearing yeah, a wig Yeah,
1: exactly. Now. That's my point. <laughs> uh, right.
2: so... Can we just have a moment to talk about how much we love Dolly Parton?
1: God, she's a wonderful... Okay, we got like, like five minutes. Yeah, she's she's just a ray of sunshine in the world.
2: <laughs> there's, this, there's this great story she tells about she saw this woman walking down the street and she's a little girl, you know, Big boobs out, itty bitty short stir- skirt, like peroxide blonde hair. And she goes, Mama, who's that? And her mom said, Honey, that's trash. And Dolly Parton <laughs> looked at her and says, Oh, I want to grow up and look like trash.
0: <laughs> and I did.
1: There's also, um, there was like a, a was like a, movie? oh, sorry. Uh,
0: Dumpling. Hmm. Um, that is supposed to be really good. I know Koi really likes it. What movie? uh it's a dolly i think it's called dumpling
1: hmm. i have uh, not heard of that uh but i will i will definitely recommend there is a um uh, podcast series that was from i think npr uh that was just like going into oh yeah it was called dolly parton's america and it was just like a short podcast series looking at like dolly parton's career and like how her how she has affected you know like popular culture and people in different parts of the world and things like that like it was, it was really good
0: <laughs> sounds amazing
1: yeah yeah it's it's, it's just a, a short little thing uh i think it's only like a handful of episodes i can't remember how many off the top of my head um
0: uh but yes honestly if straight talk didn't have james woods we'd be talking about straight talk but
1: oh james woods is awful I like the ending of Videodrome for entirely different reasons now.
0: (laughs) That's all the time we have now. Everyone remember Dolly Parton is a wonder and a treasure to
1: be. Absolute treasure.
2: American treasure. Um,
1: Whitney Houston may be great, but uh, Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You is still the best version. Fight Me. Wow. Uh, Oh, (laughs)
2: wow. Thais is just coming out swinging.
0: I'm I'm leaving. Uh, Say goodbye, Thad and Kara.
1: All right.
2: Bye, Thad and Kara. What (laughs) she said!